Well, I have no idea why that intro wants to skip through, but it is what it is, as they say. Anyway, welcome back to another episode of The Daily Dose of Grace. I am Pastor Nathan Hurst, and we will get going here in just a second as folks are logging on. And as you know, we're in our we're in our third day of our week series on communion, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, just do a quick recap. You know, we know that communion comes from this concept of animal sacrifice that later uh, was commemorate, commemorated in the idea of Passover. And then Jesus takes the Passover meal that's done ritualistically for Jews through hundreds of years, and he re-ups the idea at what's called the Last Supper. And at the Last Supper, he gives communion or Passover, sorry, a new meaning and calls it communion. So it's a generic idea of where some of that comes from. And I got to get on line so I can even share it myself because, you know, that's how it all works. You got to share and like and comment and do all those fun things. Uh, it's amazing to me, man, how technology works anymore. A few years ago, we couldn't uh, you couldn't stream online if you wanted to a few years ago. Oh, there we go. Of course, my voice comes up. A few years ago, you couldn't stream online if you wanted to. Now you can send it to everybody and anybody all over the world. So it's it's pretty amazing uh, that we can even do this. So I'm going to get in here and uh, share the broadcast here in just a second. I encourage you to do the same thing. So let me bring it up and bam, we're going to hit share and live now boom let's see it go all right it's gone so we're talking about communion we're getting ready to connect to uh day three and a simple idea of communion about judging and there is a concept that once the church started taking communion as a whole uh there's there's a, a gospel or not gospel a uh, new testament writer in romans um likely paul whatever uh well no actually not here um would have probably been luke uh brings up the idea of of uh, communion and judgment, and we're going to get into that here in just a second. But before we do that, hey, anybody watch the presidential debates last night? Yeah, buddy. Exciting time, man. I'll tell you what, probably nothing about that made me feel any more comfortable about picking a president. So, hey, whatever. I don't know where you're at on that. Uh, I wasn't too excited because, wow, could have been done differently, uh, should have been done differently, but it is what it is. We get what we get at times. And I don't know why the broadcast is a little choppy today online, but it is, again, what it is. Uh, something about the signal in my office today doesn't want to be as strong as it was. Maybe it's the overcast clouds. Well, I've got my my blazer, my my windbreaker on with the overcast clouds. Anyway, so we're getting into it today. Uh, if you'd like to like and share the broadcast, again, we'd love to see as many folks connect with the message as possible. Uh, again, we're talking about communion. We're getting invested, talking about the idea of communion. So we have this idea in in uh, 1 Corinthians 11. Well, no, let's go back. Let's go back a little bit. Uh, we have this idea in Romans chapter 2 and verse 1. In fact, I'm going to bring it up here, and then I'm going to change screens for a second and read a little more of it. But Romans uh, chapter 2 and verse 1. Actually, you know what? Let me take that out. Let's go back getting all mixed up. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. We know it's Paul's words. Chapter 11, verse 29. And he says this again to the early church as it's establishing. He says these words, each one of us 
must examine himself before we eat the bread or drink the cup. And he's talking about communion. So, right, we've gone from we've gone from animal sacrifices. We've gone to Passover. Jesus has re-upped it in the Last Supper. He's re-upped the idea of Passover. He's now assigned new meaning to the cup and to the uh, to the bread. And then it says here, as they're taking the Lord's Supper, as they call it, ritualistically and consistently in the early church, Paul writes, each one of you must exam- examine himself before he eats of the bread or drinks of the cup for anyone who eats and drinks and your Bible might say without recognizing the body. Let me give you, this is where King James actually does a good job. The old King Jimmy, if he eateth or drinketh unworthily, he eateth or drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So maybe even a new King Jimmy there, if he eats or drinks in an unworthy manner, so the manner of which you partaking is unworthy, unworthy, not the person being unworthy. So we've read this, this this verse for a long time, and it's been drilled into uh, the culture of church that you can eat and drink and be unworthy as someone who eats and drinks. That's not at all what this scripture is talking about. The scripture is being very specific. You eat and drink in an unworthy manner. How do you eat and drink unworthily? Because you don't recognize the body and you bring judgment upon yourself as it lines out there in verse 29. Then verse 30 says this, that is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep or a number of you have passed away. So Paul's saying this, he's saying you got to recognize the body. You got to eat and drink with purpose. When you take communion, you've got to recognize the body. So what is he saying that we ought to recognize the body? He's not talking about your body. He's not saying you need to recognize this body. He's not saying you necessarily need to recognize the body of believers. He's not even talking about the church around us. What is Paul really talking about? Paul is talking about the idea that we need to recognize what Christ's body has done at the cross. That the judgment laid at the cross is the judgment that wipes away sin, death, hell, the grave, brings brings us recovery from sickness, brings us prosperity, that if we don't take these elements worthily in in understanding that the nature in which we take them, that we are not judging self, but we're taking them in a nature we understand who is the most worthy. Because we are worthy to take these elements, not because we've done anything, but because the one whose worth is more than all of us put together gave his life for us. So we have to understand when when the King Jimmy you know writes it out, he he that eat and drinks unworthily, he's not talking. Uh, we're not talking about this idea that you and I aren't worthy, but that we're not respecting understanding. We're not getting the true essence of what it is to be part of the body. And again, I do not understand for whatever reason, live stream is choppy and a little grainy. It is what it is. Sorry about that for today. But we have to get back to this idea that we we represent the body well, right? The blood and the body, the juice and the bread, the wine and the bread. We have to represent it well, understand what it is. And because Paul goes on there and says, there's many of you who are sick, you're weak, because you don't even know what communion holds. You don't know that there's strength for the journey. As they ate that roasted lamb at Passover and they went out in their purpose into the wilderness, they ate their strength for the journey, that they were covered by the blood, but they still had strength for the journey. You and I, 
have an opportunity every time we take communion to re-up this idea, to get a better and broader understanding that we are those who are covered by the blood and that we have right and purpose to all that God has for us in communion, right? That we have all that God has for us in the promise of communion. Again, let's go to Romans then. Romans 2 and verse 1. For you who judge practice the same thing. Wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense, Pastor. You didn't get the whole verse. Come on, man, where are we going with this? Well, well, let's let's get into it for a second here. So Romans specifically, let me let me type it in here. I know somebody like he uses a computer rather than a big old paper Bible. Well, sorry, there's more uh, more translations on my computer uh, than there is in a paper Bible. I can only have one at a time. <laughs> so Romans chapter one says, "God's uh, uh, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment for someone else or on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you pass judgment and you do the same thing." This is again we have here in Romans this example of judgment, that if we don't learn how judgment works, we eventually cast and pass judgment on ourselves. And Paul's saying the same thing in Corinthians, that if we don't understand how to judge the body worthily, if we don't understand how to judge what Christ did through his body worthily, then we, uh, at that point, pass judgment back to ourselves, and we're weak, and we're frail, we're sick, and we can't make it through the journey. In fact, some of us passed even prematurely because we haven't understood all that laid out for us in communion. And then Romans, we have this similar idea that we, we don't have an excuse to just pass judgment, pass judgment, pass judgment without understanding, being introspective. How are we applying the standard at which we're supposed to live post-communion? right? So we come into communion with God. We come into a loving, connected, communal nature with God. Post-communion, we're supposed to live a certain way. We're supposed to have a certain standard, and we need to live by that as best we can. And we do that not by being perfect people. We do that not by not messing up ever. We do that by understanding who we are in Christ Jesus, and by understanding who we are in Christ Jesus, we, we recognize the body. As Paul said, we are reminiscent of the body, Jesus being the body, and that we know that our lives are secure in him. So we don't have to be ones who pass judgment and then do the same thing. We don't have to be ones who offset judgment away from ourselves, away from our own issues, away from what's going on in our life, offset judgment to someone else, and then it doesn't, or it, I'm sorry, doesn't pass through us, but we are then uh, judged by that same judgment. We don't have to be those people. We can come to a place in communion where we anticipate all the promises of God being yes and amen, being poured into our life. We can anticipate that we now are judged worthily or worthy by the body, the broken body that is Jesus, and that we can hold back and stop this idea of, well, honestly, of scapegoating. We talked about it before in the beginning of this, that this centers around the idea of scapegoating, which happened around happened around different aspects of communion, right? They're not just Passover, but Jesus was the, the, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world, that he became the scapegoat for us, part of that animal sacrificial system. And in, in us taking the burden of judgment on our own self or on others or placing it on others, we then take the nature of the scapegoat that comes in communion away from ourselves. So what happens here is Paul says, 
in First uh, Corinthians that we can come to a place if we're not careful where we don't judge the body, we don't discern what Jesus did well enough. We start to place judgment on other people, and in a sense, we're judged ourselves. So we pull the scapegoat or the or the cleansing blood of Christ away from us, and then we pull the strength for the journey away because we don't have a set understanding of what promises are available to us at the cross because of Jesus' broken body. It's a pretty simple idea, but I think it's hard for many of us to get our heads around that if we'll just come honestly to the table of communion, take the elements, Jesus saved me, washed me in his blood, I'm set free. I no longer have to judge or have to have a reason to judge others. I can be free of the want or the need to scapegoat others, especially for my own faults and issues and failures. I can come to God honestly and openly, showing him bare all that I am, and I know that he'll forgive me that he'll save me, that he'll wash me in his blood, and then to know that all the promises of God are yes and amen. Why? Because of what God did on the cross. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, he opened up the way for all of these promises to be real, to be honest, to be true in our lives. So I want to encourage you today, learn how to come to the table honestly and openly when we come to the table of communion. Learn to come with no baggage in hand. Learn to come with judging properly what needs to be judged, not judging yourself, not judging others, right? But judging what Christ did on the cross. And that is the basis for all that we believe, all that we accept, all that we pursue in communion, right? We're not trying to take communion and judge others. We're not taking and ingesting communion and judging ourselves. We're not taking communion, ingesting communion, the very presence of God and judging our situation. We know that Jesus has it all worked out. We trust him. We believe him. We know we're in right standing with God because of what Christ did on that cross. And we don't have to worry that when we take communion, that he's going to judge us in a harsh way. No, we know he loves us for who we are, for where we are, for all that he's doing in our life. Amen. Man, I want to encourage you guys to just go over these messages a few times. Let them sink into your heart. It took me a long time to really understand the power of communion. And I'm giving you the nuggets here today. I probably need to write a book about it someday. But right now, I'm just giving you the nuggets. I want to encourage you to just get it deep down in your heart and your soul because guess what? The more you understand how powerful this is, the better things are going to be in your life. I, I trust me, we take communion as a religious observance, and that's a good thing, but we need to understand what it's really about, because the more we understand what it's really about, then guess what? We actually have power in what we're doing. It's not just a religious exercise. Too much of what we do in church has become religious exercise. This needs to be one of those things that we make personal, and we understand how it affects our everyday life in a real way. And we thank you guys for listening, for connecting, for commenting. Um, if you have anything you want us to talk about, uh, just go ahead and put that in the comment section or direct message me, as some of you have, and we will talk about those in subsequent weeks. But again, this week we're connecting with communion, and we'll be wrapping this up tomorrow. Uh, next week will be a little choppy for me. Uh, we are selling our home and moving into a new one, and we've got a whole 24 hours to change over one house and move into the next. Hallelujah. It's going to be a whirlwind. So uh, pray for me. Pray for my sanity. Pray for my wife's sanity. Pray for my children that they don't get locked in a closet somewhere until we're all done. And the dogs. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us. We love you. And we will see you again tomorrow.